0: Everybody as well. Happy Thursday for those of you who are here live. Those of you who are when you are, thanks so much for being here. Tomorrow will be our day, the last day before our little summer hiatus. So I'll give you some more details then. Uh, we'll be in touch in terms of what the plan is, but we'll still be having boosts. Um, so don't go anywhere. We're gonna go back and find some other ones and show those. It'll be fun. Yesterday, we ended off with this concept of this statement from the rabbis and the famous Pirkei Avos, ethics of our father, of our fathers. That speaks to the issue that we've been talking about, which is feeling as if we're everywhere but here. And the reason why we're not here is because we don't fully have the capacity to appreciate the value of what we're going through. Like if we, unless we fully understand this equation, we miss it. It's like the people that, that all of us have this problem, by the way. I was actually talking to somebody yesterday about it. Um, When it comes to food, physical world throws you a, the physical world throws you for a loop in that it promises you that what you're really looking for is something physical, right? You get like so excited to have a meal or eat this food or go to this restaurant. And it's never as good as you anticipate it. And even if it is an hour afterwards, it's not like the physical world is an inherently limiting world. Material things really never deliver as much as the anticipation for material things. And in fact, there's incredible science about this, how the happiness you feel towards something that you're pursuing physically or materially really is higher in its anticipation than it is in its accomplishment. So that means that it's more fun to play in the Super Bowl, so to speak, than to win the Super Bowl, believe it or not there's other things that you get when you win, but the enjoyment is really in the anticipation of something that, by the way, and I don't want to digress too far, but this is like cool stuff. That's why, by the way, um, people are so addicted to gambling. In fact, if you've ever been to a casino, I'm sure you'll see lots of people sitting by slot machines just going like this. It's done on purpose. The way they program slot machines is they always have it that you almost win. That's how it's programmed. Like it's like, you know, lucky seven, lucky seven, you know, the princess or whatever. Always. And the reason is because the second lucky seven now starts to throw a little dopamine into your brain that's anticipation of. And that anticipation of is what addicts you. Anticipation addicts. And so you're just, you can't stop. You can't stop. You get there a little bit, they, they own you. You know, you bring a busload of like, you know, the elderly there, they come in with bags of coins. They spend eight hours by the slot machines. They can't stop. They're, they're, they're literally addicted. It's, it's neurological. It's not just emotional. It's because anticipation in, addicts. But you learn if you're paying attention that this thing doesn't always end up well. So if you live your life chasing physical, which some really smart people do their entire lives, you never, ever feel satisfied. Like you'll you'll never get there. If all you're doing is anticipating and trying to reach physical, you'll never, ever be satisfied. And there are wonderfully smart people who realize this at the end of their lives. And they start giving money back and start coming back, calling their children that they never spoke to when they were younger. And they start realizing, oh my gosh, and they start becoming more connected to God. Like they, I don't say they panic, but they, they recognize later on in their lives as the, the material needs wane. Oh my gosh, I've been successful in trying to accomplish so many physical things and I'm still unsatisfied. This is maybe I'm on the wrong road. The other sort of equation that we need to understand is the concept that you can never fully appreciate the moment that you're in until the moment's over. We, we can't possibly understand the value of the moment that I'm in while I'm in it. First of all, because in order to be in it, I need to be in it, which means my brain can't be in the booth commenting commenting on it i can't be standing up with a lab coat and going hmm this is a pretty good moment i got to be in the moment i can't be in the game and on the top analyzing the game so by definition if i'm in a moment and doing it well i don't have any perception as to whether this is valuable or not valuable for my life so the moment's create a quagmire, a a pump fake in which we can never fully appreciate the moment because we don't have the context. How do you know that when uh, you you had a flat tire when you were younger and you were upset, but you had no choice to fix it? You learned how to be more resourceful. And as a result of being more resourceful later on in life, that enabled you to overcome the challenge in your company. You don't know that until later on your, your company and things, you know, collapse and everyone's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You're like, relax, you can do it. Like, what do you mean? I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You're like, relax. And you don't even realize that like, Because when you were younger, you did this and then that and you had to work here and you had to work here. You put all these pieces together, all these little experiences that are, you know, meaningless to you and you put them all together. And then it ends up becoming that now you're sitting in a position where you're giving someone advice and you have what to say. And and it dawns on you way back when I was younger and I did that thing. I was more valuable than I thought. How do you know? I, we did this a while ago, and I when I when I did this sh- when we did the show on um, on people that are overcoming addiction. How do they know that we're on there when they're when they're in the, so to speak on the bottom, and they're fighting through an addiction that's ravaging their mind? That that moment is really building them into becoming much bigger people that will later on translate to x y or z who knows you're living in a moment you have no idea what the moment means so since we don't know what it means we are at risk of ascribing very little value if you studied the life and the investments of warren buffett you'll see this is his life the whole world is like running after exciting investments and he's slowly waiting and slowly waiting and making a couple of really big investments that to the rest of the world feel like no it's the difference You, you bought into into geico you bought into dairy queen you bought into wherever these small moments these small investments when you compound it over time creates enormous wealth but each moment Each investment, each decision may not have been catastrophic. That's why we are distracted by yesterday and by tomorrow. It's because we're stuck in a world that doesn't enable us to value the moment while we're in the moment. You only value the moment when the moment has already passed. And so when you're in the moment, because unless with, with, with exceptions, if you're playing in the Super Bowl, you know this is going to be a moment, right? If you're achieving something really great, if you're in the middle of some major life cycle, okay, there are times in one's life where, okay, we know. But typically, in the day-to-day life, with God's help, in regular life, you don't look at everyday life and be like, okay, this is the moment, you know who had that perspective? There was a man named King David, the greatest king the Jews have ever known, the, 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 the beginning or the continuation of the lineage of royalty. He wrote a book called Tehillim, Psalms. In one of his Psalms, he has a line that we say on, on, on festivals. It goes, Hasa Hashem, Nagila This is the day that God made. Let us rejoice in it. King David goes, No, 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 relax. Today, just today, Ze stay here. Today is the day. And if you live in the world of today, or this day, not that day, but this day. That's Nagila, that's when you get joy. So how do we live this? So we ended last show with the concept. The rabbis teach us that who is wealthy. Now remember, wealth in our physical eyes is determined by how much capital, how much money you have. That's not what wealth is. If you have all the money in the world, but you can't access it. Are you wealthy? If somebody is a billionaire on paper, but he can't sell his stock. So he's cash poor, as they say, is he wealthy? Let's assume you could cash it and you have tons of money, but you're unhappy. Are you wealthy? No wealth is a so So say money is just a fungible product to buy Things that are supposed to make you happy. That's what it's supposed to do. It, you have no value from wealth. You have no value from monetary wealth if it doesn't lead to anything good. I wonder if I told you about the story of the individual who was incredibly wealthy, who I met, whose life basically fell apart because of his wealth. Like the wealth caused it how he got his wealth what the wealth did to his family what the wealth did to his children what the wealth did to the sparring of his and then finally he says to me like maybe if i wouldn't have had any money i would have at least been happy like wealth is not how much you have in the bank not not the way the rabbis talk about it i'm not talking about forbes you can be sure as day that the rabbis are not being like hey Whatever. I don't care how happy you are. Wealth is based on your portfolio. Like you can be sure that the rabbis aren't talking about who made the Forbes one, you know, 100. You're talking about as a life of wealth of abundance. Abundance comes from your mind. Okay. Listen, money is an incredible factor for that. Somebody has wealth capital to spend and not worry about money it's going to help in the world of abundance but that's not connected it's well it's correlated but it's not there's no causative connection there's a correlation between how much money you have and how many things you can get which then ultimately in terms how much abundance you have but it's not causative there are plenty of people that are incredibly wealthy without enormous amounts of money. so The rabbis say, who is wealthy? They're talking about who lives in abundance, whose life is full, who has a full existence, whose internal cup is overflowing, who goes to bed at night and feels like the wine is spilling over the cup, not... There's nothing in the cup. And they say, somebody who is happy with his lot. What does that mean? So one time I was, I was watching a bunch of kids play. And there was a lot of, whatever it was, a bunch of kids were over and I was watching them. I was the responsible entity. And you can learn everything from everything, as they say. And I'm watching these two kids play. I'll never forget this. One kid had like a ton of toys around him. Legos and figurines and, you know, castles. And and the other kid wanted to play with those things, but he wouldn't let him. Because it's going to ruin his world that he created. So he gives the other kid like a few things, a car, one or two figurines, and like, I don't know, a couple of blocks or something. And I'm watching this, watch, I'm watching this go down. So this other kid gets these five or six things and starts building this imaginatory world with these few things. Now, kid one with all the toys is like, you know, happy-ish. And kid two with five toys is like blown away. He's like living in La La Land. Like he's, he's a the, the little figurine, like a commando and like I don't know, jumping off the dresser, which is like a cliff. And he's like in heaven. The two kids aren't playing together. They're playing parallel. And the kid with all the toys is like looking over what's with all the fun like I don't know what's going on over here like i got all the stuff like why is this kid like he's like looking and playing and putting people together he's got all this stuff he's like peering over his other kid is like losing it like he's like running mossad raids and like i don't know what he's doing there but he's like and kid one is like oh what's going on over here so now remember kid two is in kid one is is in kids one's home so all the toys are kid one's toys so to speak so kid one turns to kid two and goes i want to play with those toys so he goes why he goes, Because i want those toys so i'm about to jump in but i'm like you know I'll let them figure it out they weren't fighting so the kid two's like what We're fine kid one leaves this whole world that he has and goes to play with the five toys that the kid two has so then kid two comes and plays with this whole world so kid one who's got now the five toys is trying to recreate this moment but he can't and now kid one kid two who had fun with five toys i mean the guy's killing it i mean i don't know he's whatever's going on and I'm watching this exchange and I'm going to myself, holy cow. He thinks it's the toys. Something to do with the toys. One kid is always looking over his shoulder. And one kid is just figuring out how to make everything he has come alive. Azahu Ashir, who is wealthy? The person who learns happiness is not a result. It is an action. It is a verb. You learn how to happy yourself with where you are right now, your portion. I got five toys. That's going to be awesome, five toys. I wish I had 150 toys, but okay. I'm going to take five toys and make them amazing. I have to find a way. It's a verb. It's an action. It's it's an it's an it's a it's work. To be sitting home alone and saying, This is the best moment of my life. To be doing something I don't love doing and be like, this is the best moment of my life. To be working in a job that I don't love and going, I gotta make this the best moment. I have to work on myself. To make moments come alive. Because it doesn't come alive on its own. It's just Lego pieces. It's me who has to bring out the life in something. It's me who has to say, I don't care how many pieces I have at this moment. I got to make this moment come alive. I got to make sleeping come alive. I got to make walking come alive. I don't know the value in what I'm doing, but I know one thing. I'm in this moment. And the rabbis are saying, if you want to live an abundant life, go out and make your life come alive. Don't wait for like God to like sense magic dust. And you're like, oh, because I wasn't even paying attention. With God's help, we should have moments that blow us all away. We should have the sunsets that we stop the car and go, holy cow, we should have all of those. But that's not how you're going to live your life. I was like, that's not what you're here for, to to order by remote control. Uber eats life. God's like, that's not how we roll. I'm making you into a couch potato. You go make your life great. I'm sending you moments, God says, because I want you to be great. Now go make it great. Go live in your moments. Go find a way to make yourself self-happy in the moments of your life, in your portions. When we are actively trying to be fully invested in our lives, we have no more time for yesterday and tomorrow. It doesn't matter the value of our, our, uh, the meaning that we're in. We're too busy making it. We're giving it meaning. We're not trying to find meaning. We're trying to infuse meaning. That's what makes us us. God's like, you're my partner. Go make it meaningful. Don't wait for me to make it meaningful. What do you think I have you for? You want to be wealthy? You want to have abundance in your life? Stop looking at the guys playing Lego with more stuff. Just make whatever you got infuse with meaning. And then you'll see meaning. All right, well, we'll continue tomorrow. All right, everybody, have an amazing day. Try this. Find some moment today that's a mundane moment and infuse it with joy. See how it feels. All right, have a great day. With God's help, I cannot wait. See you tomorrow. Have a great day.